Well, joining us on the line in these uh, ridiculously crazy times is Andrew Pyle, economist with the Pyle Group, uh, Director of Wealth Management for Scotia Wealth. And uh, Andrew, uh, last week we talked about the fact that uh, the markets uh, were going to might show some change, and uh, indeed, it's been it's been a little crazy. That's been a little crazy. I think the one positive thing we can say, and it's interesting, last week I spoke to a lot of people that were kind of looking back at the last couple of weeks with the markets recovering, uh, some of the ground that we lost in March, uh, and then all of a sudden we kind of hit this little stall patch uh, last week with markets more or less going sideways, and a lot of people were calling me and saying, like, you know, why aren't we still going higher? And, you know, to take a step back, it's actually not a bad thing for markets not to be swinging around like they were in March. Volatility in the market has gone down a lot. I think that's good for investors. Uh, But sometimes it's good for the markets themselves to just take a pause uh, and start to look at, you know, fresh information. And I think, John, that's what we're looking at now. The market's really waiting for what I'm calling the big experiment now. But now that we're starting to reopen some places around the world in terms of their economies, What's the result of that? And, and we're going to be waiting days and, and obviously a couple of weeks for that uh, for that information. There seems to be a, now some pressure building uh, for governments to unlock the, the, the lockdown, to get the economy moving. In your estimation, how long can we safely go before it's a disaster? Well, I think, you know, we're not that far away from a point where this is going to be... Uh, I won't call it a train wreck, John, but you know we're talking about debt levels now that are going to be sky high, even if we get economies in some shape or form back to work by the summer. Mm. Um, if this becomes something where we're talking about late summer or fall before we start getting economies back in gear, um, we're, we're talking about a much deeper recession than what anyone wants to see, than what governments are prepared for. And I would argue, John, I would say we're, we'd be looking at something that the markets themselves are not pricing in right now. The markets now believe that we're probably going to come out of this by the summer. Uh, if we get a setback here, we're going to see the markets obviously take mm. a step back as well. What about uh, food supplies? As soon as the the whole lockdown was talked about, uh, there seemed to be some, I'm not going to say hoarding, but people were certainly stocking up. Uh, How is that going to go on if if we're still in this uh, COVID-19 universe for a a few more weeks? Well, great question, John. And I think, you know, what we saw consumers doing in March, uh, like not too long ago, was this, this hoarding mentality, which is kind of typical for humans, that whenever we're faced with a crisis, we think about, you know, I'm going to be told to stay home. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get supplies of things. I mean, toilet paper was flying off the shelves. <laughs> pasta was flying off the shelves. Right. Um, so I guess everyone in Canada now is going to be a pasta expert by the time this is over. Um, and we and we saw things like, you know, chicken uh, flying off the shelves. And the concern was, you know, what if I can't get enough chicken uh, if everyone else around me is starting to hoard? Right. So that's a typical human behavior. What we're seeing now, I think, is, is a little bit more dangerous, and that is we kind of took our eye off the ball, and that was all these processing plants that make the beef and the chicken and the pork that we eat. We, we've almost pretended as though they're just going to keep going along as usual. And what we're seeing is more and more plant closures between the States, Canada, and Brazil. And, and the, those three countries, John, collectively produce the majority of the meat on the planet. 
so when you start seeing signs that production plants in the states are going down, we're seeing production plants in Canada, um, that has another negative impact on supply. Mm. And in fact, what we're seeing today is the prices of meat or beef uh, hitting record highs because of the threat that we might actually see production curtailment. And, it, and it's, it's a tragedy, John, because not only, I mean, workers are getting affected, we're having to shut down plants, that's going to impact you and I and everyone else around us in terms of getting supply. But even for the farmers that supply the processing plants, right? Uh, there's no place to sell your pigs, there's no place to sell your chickens. So we're seeing farmers now literally destroying uh, their pigs and destroying their chickens. So this is something I think that we really need to watch closely because this goes well beyond the toilet paper hoarding that we saw weeks ago. This is something that's quite serious. And this could lead to full-scale inflation. Well, exactly. We've been talking about this for a while, John, that you know we're, we're not really at risk of seeing general inflation rising out of this. In fact, we're probably seeing the opposite because demand for a lot of things like gasoline is right. down. Um, but these are those little things, John, where we could see inflation really start to spike if we have a true, you know, major supply disruption in North America. Uh, and I, I would say we're not there and, you know, we don't want to panic people, but we're not going to be able to find food in the shelves. But you know, we're already talking about retailers in the States now starting to build up inventories uh, out of the fear that if these plant closures continue, uh, they could be looking at a, a true meat uh, pork or chicken shortage. Wow. Well, let's uh, cross our fingers we don't get to that, but we'll check in with you next week to see how we're doing. Andrew, if people have any questions, they want to follow some of the information that you give out, you give out a lot of free information on your website in your newsletter. Yeah, we do a newsletter every Friday, John. Um, And we also, well, five weeks ago, started to do a weekly conference call to keep people up to date in terms of what is happening with respect to the virus's impact on the economy and the markets. Kind of what you and I do every Monday morning. And if people want more information, they can go to our website at pilegroup.ca and all of our contact information is there and they can reach out for questions. Andrew Pyle from the Pyle Group, Scotia Wealth Management. Thank you so much for joining us on Talk of the Town. My pleasure, guys, and have a great week.